0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Good afternoon, Bucknutters. Welcome to what we learned live. Presuming you guys can see me right now. Looks like the connection's a little shaky. Following Ohio State's 35-16 to win at Rutgers. Way too close for comfort. But guys, we're trailing 9-7 at the break. Looks like we are good to go here. StreamYard's telling me that the connection's not good. Let me know if you guys in the comment section, if everything looks good to you. But like, you know, they responded in the second half. I mean, it's they've got to play way better. It feels like I'm saying this every week. They've got to play better if they're going to achieve their goals. But um, yeah, yeah, easy. <laughs> I love it. Sexton Brothers on YouTube, easy cover. For those that don't know what he's talking about, Buckeyes win by 19. Spread was 18 and a half. By the way, I have never seen a spread in an over under that didn't move at all all week. It's a. It, Open at 18 and a half, 40.2, or uh, 42.5 over under, and it did not move. Let's get into Kyle McCord. we got a lot of people saying McCord sucked, McCord this. Listen, he started off really good, and momentum is a huge thing in football. We all know that. He started off 10 of 10. If Julian Fleming catches that ball and they go 11 of 11, McCord goes 11 of 11. I, I mean, momentum is just absolutely massive. So when McCord starts off 10 of 10, looking good, drops an absolute dime to G Scott for, uh, you know, his first career touchdown, then's going 11 of 11. That would have been a first down from Fleming, who could have ran perhaps for a touchdown, certainly for a long gain. Buckeyes guys had a chance to go up 14, nothing there, and then you never know what can happen. And then the aforementioned G Scott then later drops a pass, but Yeah, I mean, McCord looked bad after that, but you just never know. I mean, he started off this game looking really good to me and then um, didn't play well, and then that last pass to Marvin just now for the touchdown, the second touchdown to Marv, great pass. Absolute dime to G. Scott, absolute dime to Marv, and then Kyle will do things that just frustrate the shit out of you. Like, you know, I I was sitting there. I had in my, like, notes, like, hey, people are going to be, like, critical of Kyle, but he's playing well, and then interception. I'm not even joking. Like literally the next play interception. um, We learned Travion Henderson. We're going to get to Dan Rubin in just a minute. Dan Rubin is about to check in. We learned Travion Henderson took this game over, my friends. Travion Henderson took this game over and I'm here for it. You know, I've been critical of him. I don't think I've been overly critical of him. I think I've been fair. Um, Travion Henderson is a freaking stud. This is exactly what we expected when we saw him as a true freshman. Just thinking about him in his junior year a couple of years ago, you're thinking, man, how good could he be? We're seeing it. He took this game over. He took this game over. I think you got. We learned you got to give Rutgers some credit. You got to give Rutgers some credit. I thought Greg Schiano played well. You know, how about uh, Jermaine Matthews getting the start? G. Scott getting the start. I thought Carnell Tate stepped up late. I'll get into much more of what I learned. I'm going to bring in my guy Dan Rubin. I know he's got some family stuff to deal with Dan. Good to see you. Good to see you after another win. Yeah. The best thing about being nine and O is
2: the chance to be 10 and O that's for sure. That's damn right. Um,
1: I do imagine. Right. Yeah.
2: I do imagine the Michigan fans watching that game and being even more pissed that we're ranked number one that made it okay. But, uh, Yeah, an uneven effort. I got to hear a little bit of what you said. I agree with everything you said. Um, Just seemed like it was one step forward, and then they would make a mistake. Um, McCord, like you said, a couple didn't feather that pass incorrectly to uh, Marv on the sideline. Um, A couple really bad drops, too. I mean, the G. Scott drop killed that drive. I mean, that was a killer. Uh, That was a bad Fleming drop in there as well. So um a couple of really bad penalties timing wise too i mean we had him in plus to uh, minus 20 and uh, sonny got this uh, one on the sideline there but overall cosmetically i picked 40 to 16 35 16 we'll take it oh you did well you did well sir i i, I
1: picked uh 34 to 6 Uff. you did well you did well yeah, Rutgers ran year. the
2: ball a lot better than i thought they were going to i mean they are pretty much a one-trick pony, and um I was impressed with their running game in the middle. That Monongai kid is a tough kid. He
1: yeah, he's the real deal. There's no doubt about it. Um, so we got Dan Rubin on the show right now. We're gonna hear from Mark Neal. the old school Buckers gonna oh, be wow. like that's the old like post game show. That's after cool. Mark Neal, we're gonna hear, eventually hear from Patrick Murphy, Steve Hellwagon, live from what's it called a, a, a S H I stadium in um, New Brunswick. I actually acted like I was looking that up. It's just a blank phone. Um, but Dan, I mean, like, you know, all right, let's start with the good. I mean, Travion Henderson. Wow. Holy crap. Holy crap. I mean like just,
2: yeah. Number 32 is, is the dude. Yeah. He was like, I said, I, I said on this air last week, I wanted to be clear on it because I've been a little critical of him in the past. And his lack of a wiggle. I thought last week was his best game that I remember. And this week he followed it up with an equally impressive performance. Um, The third nine, you know, catch where he uh, manages. By the way, the ref almost made a nice play on that ball. Uh, That would have been catastrophic. But he's got that special gear. You know, that, um, that play was made at the dinner table. Um, And the recruiting of him down the stretch, the way he got to the sideline, you think he's going to go out and get you another 35 yards. Um, He ran hard today too. Um, And he took a pounding. So very, very impressed with Travion. Absolutely the MVP of the game. I mean, there's, he was dominant. And a good sign for going forward too, you know, like, uh, I did think that, that um, they were able to open up some holes against Rutgers that were real nice. There was a little bit more movement um, when G. Scott was asked to do a lot today. It was interesting. Um, when he managed to, to get his blocks, the plays were there. So I like the plan for sure.
1: Yeah, it looked like – I mean, I'm sure if this was the national championship game or the game, which is just three weeks away, which is crazy, Kate Stover would have played. You know, in fact, and if they said you can't play, Kate Stover would have killed somebody. He He would have found out a way to get on the field. But they were like, right. we're good. We're good. We're going to try and hold you out. He's been banged up. So, yeah, I mean, G getting his first start, man, poor kid. He gets that touchdown, his first touchdown, then he gets a bad drop. His very next, it's like, oh, damn. Um, but, yeah, man, so, like, I mean, let's look at some of the stars of this game. We already talked about Trayvon, Josh Proctor, great. dude, this, of course, of course, the one year I don't come into a season talking of Josh Proctor, Dan, uh, yeah. he becomes a stud. I'm here for it. I'm here to eat that crow. Great for Josh Proctor. He is an absolute stud.
2: Just looking at my notes, other guys that jumped out to me. I do think Sonny brings it, man. Like, uh, yep. Back in the day, I used to say I thought Antoine Winfield had cement in his pads. You know what I'm saying? Guys just went down. Um, and there was that play where Wimsack kind of looked like he was closer to the first hand. They reviewed it and moved it back because he hit Sonny and his knee went right down. His body right. went into immediate para- paralysis, right? So, uh, he's. <laughs> If there's a silver lining to all the injuries, which is another show entirely. I mean, I don't remember. I don't. This has been going on for almost two years now, where it feels like we're, they're losing two to three guys a game. And, and Lord knows it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be an Ohio state game without another guy showing up on the injury list. I didn't expect and Denzel Burke this time. Um, but uh, yeah, very impressive to get styles, those snaps. The more snaps that Hancock and Styles get long-term is good because those guys are clearly, you know, we always used to talk about we need those defensive players that look like the guys on Alabama and Georgia, and those two guys fit right in.
1: Yeah, Dan, and Malik Hartford struggled. I mean, he's a true freshman trying to play safety at Ohio State. That is a tough, tough situation to be in. I recognize that, but Malik Hartford struggled today.
2: He did. He missed that one obvious tackle on uh, the Dremel, the little uh, Cole Beasley lookalike in the slot. Um, and it was not a hard tackle. It's one you got to make. He did make a nice play in the end zone, but man, that's a lot to ask of a true freshman. I mean, if you really look at the depth chart, three of your main four guys in the secondary were out. Um, it, it just seems like, uh, you know, Eichenberg went down at the end of the game. I don't know what's up with him. Burke didn't even play. Uh, Mayans already gone for the year. There was a time they didn't play at Mecca as much as I thought they would. They came out with a two receiver set in the second half. That great drive in the second half. There was two receivers on the field. And it was Marvin and Carnell. Um, and Carnell played great on that drive Had two big catches. But, um, yeah, I mean, cosmetically, it didn't look like it should have most of the game. And, You know, going forward, my biggest concern, obviously, with the next few games is injuries. But um, 35-16, cosmetically, in terms of the the national press, there was a time during that game, and I was like, no matter what they do, there's no way they're going to be ranked number one. Um, And now I still think they'll have a good shot to be up there.
1: Yeah, if you're of the gambling persuasion and you had Buckeyes minus 18 and a half, You're kind of liking life right about now. Uh, I'm just going to, again, in the spirit of full disclosure, as I said earlier, I said something and then something else happened. Literally, Dan, in my notes, I wrote with, I wrote, seriously, they're sticking with nickel when all they can do is run the ball. You're sticking with nickel. That's what the very next play was. Pick six, Jordan Hancock, Josh Proctor coming in there, bam. Jordan Hancock's like, thank you, 93 yards. That was the sixth longest touchdown interception return in Ohio State history. They've been playing football for 9 million years.
2: There was some luck involved with that play. Got a nice bounce. Hancock made a nice play to get it, and then it just opened up. Um, Gavin Wimsatt tried to take out Sonny's knee on the way there. Thank you very little. That's a cheesy play right there. I they called that down. on Sunny. I was I so pissed.
1: I thought they called the flag on Sonny. I was so pissed, and then I, was, I, then I had to calm down. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, no. I, I am the... <laughs> I am the main look for the yellow marker when the touchdown comes guy. And, and when, it, when it, you get a long touchdown like that and they're like flags flying, I'm like, oh, for the love of God. Yeah. You automatically assume it's like a block in the back, you know, 18 yards away from the play. And as it turns out, it was um, taking out some fr- frustration on Sonny. But uh, tremendous play. And uh, that was probably the first time I had a slight exhale the whole day.
1: Another thing I wrote down the last thing I wrote down in my notes, a few pages in notes, the last thing I wrote down was shit, Tommy hurt question mark. Yeah. I was thrilled to see him come back. He hurt his arm, yep. left, went in the tent. Then it looked like he was going back to the locker room, then came back. We're gonna hear from Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy later. Knowing what I know about uh our head coach, he ain't gonna say shit about it, but like maybe he will. But I it, again it's probably good news that he was able to come back out. I don't know.
2: My, yep. My original fear when you, so if we're going to play a uh, TV doc, he didn't do any of the stuff for your shoulder. Like when they, when you see the doc come right over to you and stick his hand underneath there and started messing around like that, they took him right in there. Leads me to Lee was probably a stinger. And that his right arm was maybe numb. And they uh, went in there to check it out. But you know, Eichenberg is uh, worth his weight in gold. Um, he was tremendous today. Uh, I'm not sure the Simon played all right. I, I'm not sure Steele's having the best. He's catching a lot of dudes, man. Uh, in the run, he's, he, he's a catcher, um, which, uh, can, can really, you know, in short yards can be, can be some trouble, but I thought the defensive line played pretty well. Um, they got some key pressures when they needed them. Jack Sawyer has been playing pretty well, man. I mean, he's not going to have the sack numbers that, that we all wanted, but he he is playing well. Um, and then Tyreek was his usual self. Tremendous. And Mike Hall flashed a few times. I'll tell you what, when I watch Mike Hall play, I do think an NFL team is going to fall in love with him. A team that uses those interior guys that just fly up the field and like the old uh, Detroit Lions, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Warren Sapp approach. Hall is tremendous at that, so. Um, Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think he's going to have one NFL team fall in love with him. But um, it was nice to see G. Scott get the touchdown. That's for sure. Especially if you missed a block on the play before. And like you said, had the drop afterwards. But very cool to get a touchdown. And uh, it was a very impressive catch.
1: Mike Hall can play for my Bengals anytime. They call him a mini Aaron Donald. I might call yep. him mini Geno Adkins. I'm not saying he's going to be that good, but uh, I agree with you, man. All right. I'm, jump off anytime you need to. But I feel like I buried the lead here. Uh, the show's supposed to be about Ohio State Rutgers, and we're talking Ohio State Rutgers, and Ohio State beat Rutgers 35-16. to 16. We're breaking it all down, and that's all well and good. But how have we not talked about the cheating scandal at Michigan yet, Mr. Rubin? I mean, it, I tell you what, man, if, if we sat down and wrote this script, everything happened, people would be like, get back in the lab, rewrite it. That That is complete nonsense. No one would ever believe that. I'm here for it, man.
2: I'm running out of popcorn. So many layers, Dave, so many layers. There's, there's just, what's going on there. There's, you know, how they're reacting to it um, in comparison to how everyone responded to tattoo gate. I posted something on the boards. Um, I took, I cut and pasted this Michigan thing and I just replaced all the words with tattoo gate and Terrell prior and stuff like that. And you would not know which one was written when, um, <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, it does, like, and I get that if we we're betting in Vegas, you probably bet that nothing major would happen just because there's no precedent. But um, it certainly seems like there are uh, people who expect Harbaugh to get suspended. I know Blue Sam said suspended at the least, and that probably hurt him to type. Um, but... If he did put it out there, my guess is it's probably worse. So I'm I'm kind of torn on it, man. Um, and I do find it interesting that so if they suspend Harbaugh, I think that would give us an advantage in the game. And if they allow uh, give him a postseason ban, that obviously helps us. So I don't. I almost I don't want to knock on something. If they went if they if Ohio State finishes with a loss and it's at Michigan, and I God forbid that happens. They're going to the playoff. Because if you think about it, if Michigan, see, Michigan's actually working for Ohio State. Now, if they win out and then we lose at Michigan, it'll be the number, and that means they'll be number one. And it'll be the hardest game in college football will be on the road at Michigan and we'll lose. And you have wins in the rest of your games, you're going to the playoff. So I don't know. I find the whole thing comical. Um, and like, like we both have gone over, I'll admit, I'll tell you what, who's not hurting the Michigan insider for page views. Okay. ain't hurting buck nuts either. I didn't want to say anything about that, but, um, <laughs> they are crushing it over there. Page view wise. I have, I have donated a few myself. I'm not going to lie, but, um, man, it's just, I'm
1: laughing my ass off. <laughs> it's,
2: it's, I've even heard them say it, man. If they even fall down seven to nothing to Purdue, um, you'll be able to feel it from here. So, it's comical, man. I you, you had what I don't know what you gave. You had some funny line about it. You told me earlier. What is it? Uh, legal pornography or something legal harmless pornography?
1: Oh, somebody referred to it as sinless porn. I don't know. I mean, maybe people are like, "Porn's not a sin," but like, it's I love. One things love, you know so when like, you see it. You feel about that? I thought that was a good way of putting this Michigan scandal. It's watching this is like daily sinless porn.
2: It's it's all inspiring. I mean, uh, the what? So I don't look. I, we aren't reporting on it. Like I don't. We don't have reporters assigned to it from Bucknuts, so I'm not getting like the uh, behind the scenes phone call. People hate. I don't. We actually broke tattoo gate. We had to at the time. I don't know if people remember that. Dave was actually the one to break that. But um yeah, it it's, com- come it's comedy anyway. over there, man. Like it the guy getting busted. Anyway.
1: I'm not proud of that. It was gonna come out anyway. We were just the ones that got the information. We no, we, we verified it. it. We did break Tat Gate for those that don't know. We knew it was it was, it was it was ridiculous that it was unfair for Ohio State, but it was gonna come out anyway. So yeah, we broke it.
2: It doesn't feel as ridiculous now. I'll tell you that much. I mean, it looks silly, but in terms of seriousness, I mean, some of the stuff you're hearing about their staffers, former staffers being involved in stuff at Walmart and stuff. I don't want to get into it. I mean, the
1: Ohio State stuff was, we thought it it was. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. In
2: retrospect? Yeah. In retrospect?
1: Even then. Even then we were like, this is so stupid, but we have to, I mean, we we have it verified. We got it. We have to run it. If we don't run it. Name it. 11 Warriors will run it. I not. To, I mean, I'm not throwing them under the bus. I'm giving them props. Ozone at the time. Name it. Someone would have ran it. The, this, the Columbus Dispatch. So, it happens. All right, Dan, I least you got to get to some family stuff, man.
2: Let me leave you with this. Yeah. Here's what I don't get. 18. We whip them. 19. Whip them. 20. They bag it because they're going to go to the shed. Then, dude starts calling his shots by going on the road and getting all the information. Then we lose. Then we lose. Come on, man. I'm not saying, I mean, I haven't gone back play for play on that, but if you're Ryan Day and you and we can win this one against Michigan now, you're going to have butt kick, butt kick, you you cowards, asterisk, asterisk win, okay? So that's how it's going to be, and uh, I'm here for it.
1: I'm glad you were here for what we learned live. He is the publisher. He's Dan Rubin. Thank you, sir.
2: Talk to you on Monday.
1: Tell your family I said hi. All right. He is Dan Rubin. I almost thought he didn't want to leave there. I brought, I brought him back in there for a second. All right. We're going to hear from Mark Neal in just a moment. It's going to feel like the old school. Man, it's going to feel like the old school with Bucknuts Bucknuts uh, postgame live with Mark Neal. We heard from Dan Rubin. Mark Neal, for those who don't know, Mark Neal, a long host of Dayton Sports Scene, was the program director there, now lives in Minneapolis. He's away from the uh, sports media business now, but uh, one of the pioneers of the uh, radio business in Dayton did a great job, and he was a big part of Bucknuts uh, while he was still in Dayton. Uh, moved there with his wife about uh, five, seven years ago, something like that. So we're gonna hear from Mark Neal in a moment. Uh, those of you who have been with Bucknuts a long time, Mark Neal knows, needs no introduction, but I wanted to let you guys know if you haven't heard of Mark Neal, now you have. Former host of Dayton Sports Scene, ESPN Radio 1410 in Dayton, and host of Bucknuts Post Game Live. And we did a pregame show too that Mark Neal hosted along with Dan Rubin. All right, guys, so fire on my way. I'm going to get some more stuff that we learned. It was good to see Marv get those two touchdowns because overall the the catches and the yards are not what I wanted to see. I'm talking about from like a Heisman perspective because I was like on record like if he stays healthy and they win out, Marv's winning the Heisman. I still feel that way. Touchdowns look good. Now he's got 10 touchdowns on the year. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about Travion Henderson. What a great game from him. And, And he's such a weapon in the passing game too. Swing the ball out to him, bam, 65 yards can happen. That's huge. Jordan Hancock has been a dude all year. Thrilled he got that pick six. I mean, he needs to take Josh Proctor out in a, for a steak dinner, steak and lobster dinner. Yeah, that was Josh Proctor, like, knocking that ball right into his hands. But credit Jordan Hancock. He's been a dude all year. I always loved him. I think he would have been good last year if not for that injury in camp. And he didn't come back till halfway through the season. And then rough year. Again, you got to give Rutgers credit. They were winning at halftime. Rutgers is leading 9 7 at halftime against Ohio State. Ohio State did cover the spread, which is amazing given the fact that Ohio State was trailing at halftime and the spread was 18 and a half. But that happened. So give the Buckeyes credit too for having a good second half. But man, I'll tell you what, give the defense a lot of credit in general for forcing three field goals in the first half. And before that, the defense. It was all about threes, I guess. To start the game off, the defense had three straight three and outs, three straight three and outs from Ohio State's defense. Game should have been over by then. I'm so convinced. I hate. To, it's not even. Could have been anybody. I'm just. It happened to be Julian Fleming. When Ohio State's up seven to nothing, McCord's ten of ten. Rutgers is doing nothing offensively. They're three and out, three and out, three and out. If if Fleming catches that ball for that first down in Rutgers territory, instead of Ohio State having a punt which end up going in the end zone, I believe. Um, that game might be over you know, at 14-0 or whatever it might have been after that, 10-0. Instead, you give Rutgers a little bit of life. But defense starts out three and out, three and out, three and out, three straight three and outs, and they hold Rutgers to three field goals when they had looked like they were going to score touchdowns each time. At least they were deep, deep, deep in Ohio State territory. All three of those field goals were chip shots. So give Ohio State's defense a lot of credit. Now, do I like that Rutgers outgained Ohio State in this game? No, I hate that. In fact, let me make sure that's accurate. Beg my pardon as I look this up, I want to make sure that's accurate because at one point late in the game when I was preparing for the show, I'm like, uh, you know, a win is good, but, uh, you know, Rutgers is going to outgain you. Maybe Ohio State was able to, like, get the edge late. Let's check it out here. I'm looking at this live. All right, so total yards. Yeah, Rutgers outgained them. Rutgers, 361 total yards, Ohio State, 328. Rutgers, 361 total yards, Ohio State, 328. Not good, my friends. Not good. They have to be better. And we keep saying, myself included, well, there's not an elite team in college football this year. True, but one of those not elite teams is Ohio State. They have an elite defense. Travion Henderson looks elite. Marvin Harrison Jr. obviously is elite. He better win the Heisman. They even said it kind of on the broadcast today. Hammond was like, you know, a lot of people say he's arguably the best player in college football. That, that's as, as much as you hear somebody couch it. It's usually just like Marvin Harrison's the best player in college football. And I'm, I keep saying, like, we have an award for that. There is an award for best player in college football. So why is he such a long shot for the award? But he's not a long shot anymore. People have finally caught on. Media's been talking about it. Um, Some money has obviously been bet on Marvin or or the line wouldn't change that much. Vegas doesn't move lines just based on what the media is saying. So, you know, I still think whatever happens in that Michigan game, if Ohio State wins, Marvin stays healthy these next three games. We're going to have the fifth ever receiver to win the Heisman. Fifth. It's only happened four times. Four times. And I I think Marvin's going to win it, so good for him to get those two touchdowns late. Carnell Tate, two back-to-back big catches. Even though the second one was the longer of the two and was on third and two, that eight-yard catch over the middle is the one I loved. Why? Because he knew he was going to get hit. We're talking about a true freshman Kind of skinny, you know, 6'2", 190. I'm not saying he's like, you know, skin and bones, but true freshman going over the middle knows he's going to get popped and is like, I'm good. Gets the catch, takes the hit, eight yards, then it's third and two. That was the play where uh, a lot of people thought Josh Simmons jumped early. I thought that was perfect timing by Josh Simmons. I don't know what people were talking about. But seriously, Carnell Tate, great job by him. Over the middle for eight yards. Bam, knew he was going to get hit. I mean, that is the definition of toughness as a receiver. If you go over the middle, especially going over the middle, short, and you know there's a linebacker and or a safety, it's about ready to take your head off, and you don't flinch, you're a tough dude. You you have the, the wallet that has BMF on it. Love that. Again, as I told Dan – I literally wrote down I, I, they're sticking with nickel. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Because I'm like, why are they sticking with nickel when all Rutgers can do is run and not pass? Right after I wrote that pick six. So there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call reverse psychology on that one. Yeah, I see that. That's the game I have out here in the background because that was the game after Ohio State. It's funny, I started the show almost and I sold my TV like sound on. Like, it probably should mute the TV before I do the uh, post-game show. But, yeah, I see that, too. Missouri, Missouri, the surprise team of college football this year. How about Missouri? Man, if they can beat Georgia, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I I tend to think Georgia will come back and win this game. But, man, it just goes to show there's not an elite team in college football this year. Georgia's number two. They're struggling at home against Missouri. Now, Missouri's good. They're 12th. In the country. I think my guy Mark Neal's having trouble getting on the show. Oh, he might be. um, He's on Central Time. That could be the confusion there. I told Mark Neal to try and jump on at four. Let me tell him like Eastern Time. Like he should know it's Eastern Time. There we go. Sorry. Sorry, you guys. All right, let's get more into it. So. It's still crazy the Buckeyes won this game by 19. feels like they won it by, like, what, like a field goal? <laughs> like, it's just – but, hey, the years they win the national title, it's like a, a year where it's like weird things happen. 2002, I don't need to explain to you guys how many close games there were that year, including the national championship game itself. 2014, how many times were they called, you know, you know dead by everybody, present company included, you know, before the season started. Oh, season's over. Braxton's hurt. Lose to Virginia Tech at home. Season's over. Bam. Then, J- Then oh, man, oh, they get back into it. JT's looking like a good, really good dude. Heisman contender. JT lost for the season against Michigan. Season over. Hopefully they can just maybe win the Big Ten Championship. Season over, though. Win the national championship with Cardale. So you never know. You never know. That's totally spin-doctoring on my part, and I get that. But, like, listen, you just never know. Survive in advance that are 9-0. There's not an elite team out there. Michigan is in complete disarray with everything that's going off. I mean, to think that's not going to affect them on the field is foolery. Like, it will absolutely affect them. My only question is to what degree? Like, we talk about distractions in sports. I mean, can you imagine a bigger one? You know, and uh, probably the hammer is not going to come down on Michigan, in my opinion, until after the season as far as the serious, serious stuff, which I would bet my life is coming. Michigan's going to get hammered, but during the season, I think that's going to be something minor, like Harbaugh gets suspended, which has already been rumored. You know, that's not, that's not minor. Yeah, Comparatively speaking, it's minor. Comparatively speaking to what's coming down the pike, it's minor. It's certainly more minor than canceling their season or vacating all their victories, which might be coming in the future. They might have to vacate all their victories from these past few years. People keep saying 2021, maybe, certainly 2022 and so far 2023. Because, yeah, um, here's the thing: Carter Stallions did not get hired full-time until summer of 2022. So there's been a little bit of mis- people have misconstrued that a little bit, misconstrued that a little bit. Like the, he got hired, yeah, he was like a volunteer in 2021, he was a volunteer before that as well. But um, he didn't actually get hired full time until prior to the 2022 season. So my guess is if they have to vacate any victories, it would be all of 2022. And then so far in 2023, they'll probably cut it off now. You know, you could argue they shouldn't because there we go. There's Mark Neal. There he goes. He's like, you said four o'clock Eastern, right? I think he forgot that like, he was on central time. My guy. He's trying to hop on. So, yeah, I mean, um, sorry, I'm I'm texting with Mark. This is the thing. I need to get a producer so I'm not doing, like, five things at once. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, like, if you're talking about vacated victories, like, keep in mind, Connor Stallions was not hired full-time at Michigan prior to the 2022 season. So, my guess is they'll have all of those victories vacated and everything up to now. It's a lot of wins. It's a lot of wins out the window for the winningest program in college football history, including all those wins against like the all-girls school from like Beaver Creek, Ohio, that they had in 1890. Like all the, like, those wins count, but like the wins the last couple years won't. Sisters of the Poor, 1899. Those will still count. Minnesota last year? No, it won't count. Or whatever. I don't know if they played Minnesota last year. Yeah, we're having some fun at Michigan's expense because they deserve it. It is, seriously, um, all joking aside, it's one of the more despicable things I've seen in sports. This Connor Stallion's guy, man, is just a uh, – if you guys know if you guys know my history, like I am as, as big of a fan of our U.S. military as you will find. This guy is a, an embarrassment to Michigan. He's an embarrassment to our military. He's an embarrassment to our country. Um, it's flat-out criminal what he did. Flat out criminal what he did. Let's bring in Mark Neal. Mark Neal flat out criminal what Ohio State was doing for uh part of the game. What are what are your main takeaways? They got it together though, man. They won thirty five to sixteen. Welcome to the show, Mark Neal. Your takeaways from this game? Oh, it's just
0: it's one of the, and I hate to be hyperbolic and I hate to make uh, too much out of something, but it just seems like every time they play a team that they are so much better than they don't run them over like we expect. I don't. I Say play down to competition, big bull eligible, that, but they just never blow people away like we expect. Uh, now, I'll tell you, this team with, with and without Trevion Henderson is a completely different animal. But, uh, you know, if it weren't for that interception, return for a touchdown, where are we today, Dave? I know, man. And that's the thing. Like, it wasn't just like
1: a, a touchdown return for a touchdown. Like, Rutgers was leading 9 7 going in for another score probably would, would have been a field goal but still and then what a huge play josh proctor man i love it. i talk this young man up every year except for this year going into every I'm like josh proctor is going to be a dude this year and next year i'm like come on there's no way the light's going to suddenly turn on as a sixth year senior i'm claiming reverse psychology on that but seriously all joking aside Props to Josh Proctor. He's playing great football. I hope he's okay. I think he is okay. I think that was a precaution. He was fine. He was laughing on the sidelines. I think he got dinged. I don't think it was a concussion. I'm just guessing. But Mark Neal, Josh Proctor, kudos to that young man.
0: Yeah, really stepping up. Lathan being out, uh, you know, hurts. They, they're they're really dealing with a lot. It just seems like over the last couple of years, uh, a lot of every team with that, but at the same time, you know, Tommy, right now, what's his situation? No Denzel Burke today. No Kate Stover today. Guys need to step up and, and just that. Yeah, does the light usually think? Eh, not necessarily? Glad it did.
1: Travion Henderson,
0: woo boy!
1: Now we know. We knew last week. We're like, well, that brings a different element. As if we forgot, and then you see it today. It's like, damn, he just completely was the star of the game. Took that game over, Mark Neal.
0: Uh, yeah, you were breaking up on me, but I, I Trevion Yeah, yeah. Uh, just absolutely. He, he he's really, really shifty. He, obviously, he's a guy that's going to make some impact on Sundays if he can stay healthy. Uh, caught the ball out of the backfield. That big sixty-plus yard catch was enormous. His ability back there. Sometimes you buy in and you look at Chip. The three. It's a one header with two uh, good buddies behind him. Trevion is a different kind of player for this team when he's in there. Uh, it's really been i text you earlier in the week, which I am wont to do as Dan Rubin would say uh, about how it seems like off and on this season, Mayan and Trevion have been tagging in and out only to be healthy each week. But right now, uh, Trevion being in there is all the difference in the world without him. I, I don't, I mean, he, he's the difference maker on the team. Obviously Marvin is too, but is doing as a runner and as a receiver uh that's a whole nother level for this offense one that is much needed
1: where are you at with Kyle McCord I thought he started the game really well I'm really curious if Julian Fleming didn't have that drop that would have been 11 out of 11 to start the game for Kyle if he just would have been just completely on fire all game didn't happen he went into a rut after that where are you at with Kyle McCord after nine games
0: Uh, and my, my internet here must be dicey. You were talking about the passing game. Where are you at with Kyle specifically?
1: Yeah. Just what do you, what are your feelings about Kyle McCord after now seeing him as the Buckeye starter for nine games this season?
0: There's there's nothing that really wows me about Kyle. I mean, yes, starting off the game 10 for 10 should have been 11 for 11. A lot of that was a lot of check downs. Uh, I'm not going to take a whole lot away from him. He's, he's a first year starter, but at the same time, he's been in the program for here there's just a lot that allows me about him we've been spoiled last three quarterbacks that have been starters here regularly or we're all first round picks uh, all big 10 type players that's just not what Kyle is the expectation level that he can meet uh, but uh, Kyle is, is a serviceable quarterback we hear that word a lot in the NFL he's a serviceable quarterback for college luckily he's got guys like Marvin and Emeka and and Cade Stover to, to throw it to and guys like Trevion to hand it to. Uh, but when it's time for Kyle McCord to win you, now he did it against Notre Dame. He, he marched down the field in one game. So I, you can't just, he's incapable of it. But when it's, when it's okay, Kyle, go win us a game. Uh, I don't have a ton of faith in that happening uh, going forward. But, you know, it's not just him. My dad always told me when I was like playing soccer as a goalie, he said, hey, t- had to get it by 10 other people before they scored on you. He's got an offensive line that's got a block for him. He's got receivers that's got to get open for him. Uh, and sometimes guys on defense just make plays. It's not all on Kyle.
1: We got to give Rutgers some credit, right? I mean, that was a hell of a fake uh, that they had on that fourth down play. I mean, I, I, I got to give Shiano some credit here. The Shiano man. Play us a song. You're the Shiano man.
0: Well, yeah, that's what you and Jay book were talking about this week. Uh, Jonah brought up a good point that, you know, Shiano will pull out all, everything but the kitchen sink, and that's that big play they had in the first half was right out of that playbook. Uh, Greg Shiano's going to have his guys ready. He's got to play small. Uh, they're effectively another service academy, which is fine. They were deep into the game before they completed a pass, like almost in the at the end of the, half. And in the game. They stuck game plan the fact that that interception happened and the fact that they just don't have the same talent eventually will catch up to you over the course of 60 minutes. But Greg Shionahan plan that was razor thin when you talk about any kind of margin of error. And when you run into a little bit of margin of error, like they did, uh, that's what happened. That's why Rush just, Rutgers won't beat Ohio state very often. And you saw why.
1: We'll get you out of here on this, my friend. Um I just want to get your thoughts on everything. I haven't even asked you. Maybe we've texted about it a little bit. I've texted with everybody I know. So I'm sure you and I have texted about it. I've texted with like millions of people about this, but like your thoughts on the Michigan situation, how surprising it is to you. And what do you think ultimately will happen to the Wolverines?
0: I I think it's amazing that that, that what's going on. There's so many things that just are, are so obvious about it. I mean, all of a sudden, when this thing supposedly kind of started, they became unbeatable. I was at that Ohio state Michigan game last November and Ohio state scored three points. Ohio state scored what 38 against Georgia and can't muster, but three points in the second half against Michigan. Uh, Everything in, I mean, we have video of so many things, everything's so obvious. Um, uh, and the paper trail is remarkable. Uh, Connor Stallions couldn't have left more breadcrumbs and than he did. My goodness! Uh, why don't you just uh, uh, have your name you know, on tickets and, and just everything is so blatantly obvious with that. Now, as far as punishments, uh, you know, let's start from the far end. There's zero chance they're getting anything like that. I mean that. Mark Neal, thank you, sir. Based on bylaws, they.
1: Have- oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. You're cutting out a little bit on me, my friend. Oh, hey, I, I just can't imagine
0: that
1: they. He's like old school. Dan Rubin and Mark Neal on the post game show. I love it. Mark Neal, great stuff, brother. I'm gonna let you go and get Patrick Murphy in here. Thank you, Mark. All right, Mark Neal. There in the Twin Cities, having a little bit of uh, internet issues. We got Patrick Murphy. Patrick Murphy's going to try and join us here from New Brunswick slash Piscataway. I think it's technically in New Brunswick, like Champaign Urbana or Champaign Urbana, with Illinois. Pat, you there?
3: Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, there you go.
1: I thought I saw you all right, before. All right, all right so um, biggest thing out of post-game interviews. Anything stand out to you?
3: Um, I think a couple things. First, the I know that the offense is not what – and we've talked about this a lot – not what people are used to. Um, but I asked Ryan Day about, you know, things starting to come together as they get healthy, and you saw – bits and pieces of it these last couple weeks, um, you know, Travion obviously two big games in a row. I know Marvin's day wasn't as big, but two touchdowns, um, you know, we, we can get to the Kyle McCord thing in a second, but I think that and he said, you know, if, if we get all our pieces back, we can be a dangerous offense. And, you know, maybe they won't be as explosive as they were the last couple of years, but I think that you're starting to see some, some pieces and with this defense playing the way it is. And and that was the other main thing was, you know Josh Proctor, who who we did talk to after the game, and, and he said he was fine. He he was asked about the play and was like, pause for a second because he clearly didn't want to say. You know he was asked if he got knocked out. I think Tim May asked him if he got knocked out, and he. he I mean, I mean, did like, he get
1: like like concussed?
3: Yeah, you, and like, uh, concussed? And he said that you know he his head hurt a little bit. He was like it was ringing a little bit. He's like I needed to compose myself on the ground there. Um, so. But he he said was in terms of the, those red zone stops. You know, if they're gonna if they're gonna give us an inch, we're gonna inch. We're gonna take it. And uh, I, you know, I thought that was interesting. The the stops down there were huge. Obviously, if those are touchdowns, we're talking about a really different game. Um, and this defense just continues to be what Ohio State leans on. Right. Um, you know, the offense makes enough plays, but it's because this defense you can count on them to get stops every time, nearly every time. And you know, they, they did get a little fortunate today a couple times, that, that touchdown um, that could have been for Rutgers, the receiver uh, that didn't hold on to the ball, obviously. And, and there are two defenders there trying to make a play, and, and, you know, if he holds on to that pass, that's just a good play by the receiver. But uh, for the most part, other than penalties, I thought the defense, again, was was exactly what they've been all season.
1: And no no false starts from the tackles, right? even No, no false starts. Oh, yeah. oh runters. Over yeah, unders. over-unders yeah.
3: today. This week's going to be a weird one. I think when we look back at over-unders next week, I got, I got lucky
1: on that one. Cause I was like, Oh, there, there's the, there's the false start. And then they, they didn't call it. I joked on Twitter. I'm like, that just looked like perfect timing from Josh Simmons to me. And then in parentheses, <laughs> That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Am I doing this right? Michigan fans. Oh, oh man. Just, cut, just like, no, 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 nothing's happening. Nothing. We'll get to your thoughts on Michigan in a moment. Um, Tommy Eichenberg, uh, I was worried about that. It looked like he hurt his arm, and he went back and then came back out. So, that's a good sign. Yeah.
3: So, he, we were actually standing on the field over there. He goes jogging by me. I wasn't sure what happened. I was wondering if maybe he just had to go to the bathroom. But he came back out. Uh, his, I can tell if it was his hand that was wrapped. It looks like something was wrapped. But then when he finally came out uh, after postgame, he had a big ice bag on his like forearm area. So, Uh, something with that he must have done. But I did hear him as I was because to get to the post-game interview room, which is right next to the locker room here, you walk up the tunnel at the same time as the players. And he he was asked by one of the Rutgers coaches, I guess it was. uh, You know, is everything all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. So doesn't sound like anything too serious. He was he was walking out after the game. You know, had the ice pack on his arm, like I said. But uh, yeah, I guess you never know. I've said that a couple times this year. It doesn't seem too serious, and then guys miss games or. Yeah. we You never know with this team, right, with, with guys in and out of this lineup.
1: A couple things we'll get you out of here. We'll bring Steve Hellwagon in. A couple things, though. So let's start with the offense, Um, things that stand out to you. I mean, give me your thoughts on how Kyle McCord played overall and give me your thoughts on Travion Henderson just taking this game over.
3: Yeah, Kyle, look, he starts, what, 11 of 11, not big yardage. Should have been 11 of 11, yeah. I think he was 11 of 11 because he oh, set wasn't. the record for – yeah. had oh, That would have
1: been 12 of 12.
3: Okay. Yeah. Because he he set the record. He broke CJ Stroud's record for consecutive completions. Uh, this obviously over two games going back to last week, 18 straight. So, look, it wasn't, they were kind of taking what the defense was giving them. Ryan Day talked about how, um, you know, Rutgers came out, Greg Ciano put, uh, you know, kind of came out in a shell defense, was, you know, basically baiting them to, to take those uh, stuff underneath, thinking they'd get impatient. And so Kyle was doing that early on, uh, the interception, not good. Uh, Ryan said he liked the read that Kyle made. He's like, you just got to put a little bit more on that. He was like, Marvin was there. You just got to get it over the, the linebacker. Um, and Kyle kind of said the same thing. Uh, you know, I thought for the most part he was, he was fine again, better in the second half than he was in the first. Um, I believe statistically. So, you know, it's, it's just consistency. Uh, consistency is going to be the thing with him and it's uh, you know you you're, you're just not seeing it at this point point. and I don't know you know we're what nine games into the season I don't know if that's going to change this year I think he still has a high ceiling it's just not there enough by the way just got an email uh, that Ohio State is making a Heisman push for Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I believe there's a graphic that they are, either are or just have put out on social media uh, check that out. They don't usually do that for their guys, but they're doing it for Mark.
1: Welcome to the party. We've been talking about it on the BuckNest yeah, 45
3: right. and uh,
1: what we learned live for the last three weeks. And they used to do it all the time. I remember the Orlando Pace yep. pancakes. Eddie George, they had a like, campaign for Eddie George. They had a campaign for an offensive lineman. He's the best offensive lineman ever. Like I said, Orlando Pace with the pancakes. Last thing before we get Steve Hellwagon in here. Special teams. Parker Fleming. What are we doing here? Now, either that was a terrible call. Then people are like, well, yeah, did it on his own. Okay, if I'm the special teams coach, I am making sure my punter knows he does not have the green light. I don't care if it was a called fake punt or if Murko did that on his own. That is still on Parker Fleming. We see him messing up all the time. Michigan game, long snapper doesn't know it's a fake punt. 12 guys on the field in the Georgia
3: game and they were going to do a fake punt. And now this, not here for it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, they're lucky it didn't hurt them. Um, Ryan Day said after the game that it wasn't supposed to be a fake punt and there was miscommunication there. So he, he, he was then asked to follow up about, could you go in to you know, explain what you mean by that? And he said, I don't want to do that right now. I, I want to, I'll, I'll have a better answer for you on Tuesday when we, when we meet with him, obviously. So I'm interested to hear what they were trying to do there. Um, you know, I don't know if he doesn't want to blame somebody, but I, I couldn't find a replay of it other than what was on the the TV broadcast. And I was not positioned in a great place in the press box to watch it again. It looked to me like the guys were set up out to block, like Xavier Johnson stays out there to block instead of running downfield as a gunner. So to me, I I was pretty sure it was a fake punt called. Now I don't know if they called it and then tried to call it off. I'll be interested to hear what day says, but, yeah, look, it's it's every week there's something, right? And you're going to hire or you're going to have a full-time special teams coach. It's got to be better. Um, you know, they weren't having these problems when Urban was sort of running the show on special teams. It, it still wasn't great. You still weren't returning kicks for touchdowns as often as you'd like, but but not good um, now. And you know, I don't I don't know what you do from here. The, the interesting thing I think you're going to run into this offseason, unless they expand the coaching staff, is – you want James Laurinaitis on this staff, right? And you want him to be able to go out and recruit. Okay, so do you you, you move on from Parker? Fle- you know, I don't like to advocate for coaches to get fired and unless they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Hint, hint. Um, Jim but, Harbaugh. Uh, <coughs> what? But do you 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 know do Jim you Harbaugh. move on? From, yeah, do you move on from Parker Fleming to keep to move James Laurinaitis to a full time assistant and not have a, a special teams coach? I mean, I think that's a possibility or do they go look for another special teams coach? A lot of teams don't have a special teams coach on the staff. So I don't, uh, I don't know what direction they'll go in, but it is not good and needs to be fixed. Um, and maybe Ryan not wanting to say anything post game was, you know, kind of hinting it. He didn't want to throw Parker Fleming or, or if Jesse did it on his own, then didn't want to throw him under the bus. Uh, you asked me about Travion before. Uh, and I think I should touch on him because that was a fantastic game. Back-to-back games. Look, I think they've really handled this well. Obviously him being banged up was not great for three games, missing those three games, but the fact that you get him back and he's fresh and he's looking like Travion Henderson from his freshman year, um, you know, that, that 65 yard reception, there are a few plays I think you can point to as turning points in the game, obviously the pick six too. Um, But I mean, if you don't get that there, you're not in a great spot and, you know, now you're five yards from the end zone. They almost messed it up, but uh, they ended up getting the touchdown. He was great, and I thought he he hit holes well. I thought he ran hard. Um, you know, I, I think this may benefit them. Not that you want a guy to miss three weeks, but I think it may benefit them to have him here these next few weeks a little bit fresher than than he was, you know, c- certainly a year ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure his ribs don't agree with this, but maybe it was a blessing yeah. in disguise. His leg, you're right. right. Man, his legs look fresh as heck. Great point. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. I was going to get your thoughts on the cheating scandal up north. I'll get Steve's hel- Steve Hellwagon's thoughts on that. I'll let you get back. It's not Murphy. good. It's not good. It's really, really bad. And, I mean, depending on your point of view, it's – from my point of view, it's really, really hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just depends on your point of view. Everything, everything is about perspective.
3: Patrick Murphy. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you this. If Steve's as fired up as he was after a few pops last night in just a minute, uh, you're going to have a good next few minutes here. Oh, I love I love the foreshadowing. All right. All right, buddy.
1: All right. Talk to you, Dave. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Stuff by Patrick Murphy. All right, Steve. All right. There's, as promised, Steve Hellwag is in here. Now, I understand um, from speaking to our friend Patrick that you have some unfiltered thoughts that you'd like to share about Jim Harbaugh and those cheaters up north. Steve. Oh, you know, I, it looks
4: like the posse is finally closing in on them, and uh, with the athletic directors and the coaches, in particular, taking their case to Tony Petiti to say, "Look, you got to do something about this." Uh, perhaps this week, maybe we'll we'll have some movement. You know, a lot of rumors that that the posse is closing in on uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. You know, poor Connor Stallions. Uh, he resigned his post at Michigan yesterday. Refused to cooperate with the uh, investigation and then his attorney put out some amazing kind of word salad statement that was just out of this world. I mean, you just, you sit there and you read it, you just laugh. I mean, do you think we're all idiots? I mean, you have, you have the paper trail of all the tickets that were purchased. You have video of somebody sitting in those pick in those seats, taking video of the opponent's sideline. And then you have him, you know, around the bend on the sideline with the Michigan coaches telling them what to do, telling the coordinators what to, what's coming and what to do, uh, you know, it, it's not a coincidence. And it's an unfair advantage, and it strikes at the integrity of the game, and they've short-circuited all of that, and they deserve whatever's coming their way, and it probably won't even be enough. I mean, they, they took food out of the mouths of, you know a lot of coaches and their kids and their families and um uh, you know they cheated the system and uh it's time for them to pay their their comeuppance for it uh what they did was not right and uh it's just not you know not not in a good sportsmanship type of way not in any way shape or form so you know i, I could sit here i'm probably not as fired up as i was last night but uh yeah, I mean, we we're sitting there watching it kind of unfold in real time. All the House of Cards come down around them, and uh, it just, you know, it, it just, it, it, it's long overdue, long overdue, and and you hope that they come to a uh, to a consensus on it. I, I think the presidents have to tell Petiti what to do. The presidents have to tell, give him the green light that you may smack them. You have our permission. Now, here's a delicate thought. No one wants to mess with the bottom line. And you have three teams that should be in the New Year's Six with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. And how about this from Petiti? Just outlaw them from the Big Ten Championship, but don't impose a postseason ban. And then they still have to go and play in a New Year Six Bowl somewhere, maybe even the playoff. At, at, if they're 12-0 and 0 but can't go to Indianapolis, they should still be in the playoff, right? So – and then if the NCAA wants to come in over the top and penalize them for this year, then they wouldn't be in the New Year Six or the playoff or whatever. But I think they've lost the right to play for the Big Ten championship. That's that's my feeling.
1: We're going to talk about Ohio State's win over Rutgers in just a second. I I just want to say – I'm going to give a shout-out to Ryan Day. He's coaching this Ohio State team and leading this investigation against Michigan (laughs) all at the same time. I mean (laughs) – Man wears Jeez, many hats. Multitasking. I mean, my he's goodness. A is Ryan Day. He's a multitasker. That I believe is. some of the people that cover Michigan for a living, man, they, they think a lot of Ryan Day. They're like, man, this guy's a private investigator. He's doing a little bit of everything, man. All right, yeah. um, let's start with the defense. Let's start with the, the positive. Josh Proctor, my goodness, Josh Proctor, what a game out of him. Thank goodness I don't think he's seriously injured. I think he got dinged a little bit, but he looks fine. Josh Proctor, my man, He he, he continues to have a great season. Yeah, the one goal line stand, he made two
4: plays on the goal line to force the field goal on second and third down. Uh, He shot into the backfield and hit the running back for a loss on second down, and then they threw a pass, and he sniffed it out and tackled the guy for no gain on third down to leave him fourth and goal at the two or whatever it was, and they kicked the field goal. Uh, So there's four points. He saved you right there. Then he crashes down. What a great play call that was. I'm watching it through my binoculars And he fakes the handoff to Monongue and tries to throw the little, you know, pop pass down the middle uh, to Monongue. And you think, oh, my God, he's wide open. He might score on this. And out of nowhere, Proctor lowered the boom on him. It was a legal hit. Uh, It was not targeting. Although they replayed it on the board here like 30 times, like trying to get the officials, you know, to look at it for targeting. And then um, it comes right to Hancock. And from here in the stadium, as soon as he catches it, you're like, he's going to go because there was nobody that had an angle or the speed to catch him. And he had a convoy of blockers out in front flags come in. You're like, Oh no, who ruined this? You know, you're thinking, Oh my God, did somebody block somebody in the back on a, on a loner, you know, or a, a lay down loner, you know, like in Euchre. No, it was one of their guys chopped styles to take him out of the play so he couldn't block anybody else. So maybe somebody else could get to Hancock. And so the play stands and that flipped this game on a dime. Obviously Ohio state got another defensive stop after that went down the field and Henderson scored to make it 21 to nine. And yeah, they got it back down 21, 16, but uh, you know, then Ohio state uh, closed it out in fine fashion after that 35, 16, the final. And uh, the two passes to Marvin Harrison, Jr., obviously the 65 yard pass to Henderson. Henderson's playing his best football again, and that's bad news for the rest of the Big Ten, I'm afraid. Uh, Just a real wonky game, Dave. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, They don't get off to a great start. Three and out. First time they have the ball. Uh, Six possessions in the first half. Only sustained one of them. And... uh, you know, basically sent Rutgers up and you know, for the nine points that they got were all off miscues by Ohio State, the fake punt, uh, the gadget play that they didn't sniff out on fourth down, the snap between the legs. This Greg Shiano, where do they come up with this stuff? And then um uh, uh the interception, you know, they gave them possession in plus territory on the interception. So they Ohio State basically gifted them you know, the nine points that they got in the first half, and it could have been much worse. But this defense is as good as just about any Ohio State defense I can recall. I mean, they are up there, and, uh, you know, they did struggle a little bit uh, stopping the run here today. But uh, when it got down the red zone, they, they were money. So they deserve
1: all kinds of credit. Parker Fleming, am I being too hard on him? I mean, some schools, big-time programs don't even have a full-time special teams coach. Everybody chips in. All the assistant coaches chip in. They have another a full-time coach. Ohio State has a full-time special teams coach. I believe he's making half a million dollars a year. And Steve, sometimes I see average special teams. Sometimes I see bad special teams. I never see good overall special teams from Ohio State under Parker Fleming. And whether it was Murko doing it on his own or whether it was a called Fake punt. That's a disaster. The reason I say either way, it's on Parker Fleming. If I'm the special teams coach, I am making sure I tell my punter, dude, you do not have the green light now. As Patrick pointed out, it looked like they were blocking for a fake punt, so I think a fake punt was called, despite what people are saying. Regardless, well, Ryan Day said Parker it, Day said it
4: was not Fleming. a called fake punt. Ryan Day said it was not a called fake punt. Well, regardless,
1: Parker Fleming needs a to get this
4: communication
1: better. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'll, I'll take take it and run with it. I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, Michigan last year, there's a miscommunication and the fake punt gets screwed up. Uh, earlier this year, well, that was kind of a bad snap that went to the up back, whatever. But uh, just too many problems on special teams week after week after week after week after week after week. I mean, this is not an isolated situation this is at least the second time in a competitive game, they've screwed up the communication on whether they're doing it or not doing it. And that you're getting too, too tricky at this point, you're, you're you're outsmarting yourself and whether he's part of that mechanism or what the problem is, I, I lay it on him. I mean, it's, it's his, it's his unit. And, uh, I know the other assistants are involved in it, but, uh, they got to figure this out, Dave. This can't go on because it's going to cost them a game here at some point. Terrible special teams is going to cost you a game at some point.
1: Yeah, I agree with my friend Donnie Powell, who is a really good softball shortstop and hitter. He could rake and he could field Donnie Powell. He says the kicking game is good. I agree with that. I think they, they field kickoffs well. You know, Jaden Fielding is good at kickoffs. I expect a lot more overall out of this Ohio State special teams. Steve Hellwagon. Stay out of trouble tonight, especially Patrick Murphy. If you go, if you guys go out in New York City, just make sure you guys don't do anything I wouldn't do. Stay safe. No, 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 no. It, it'll be an easy night. We have to be on a nine
4: fifty five flight tomorrow, although the clocks are falling back an hour, so we we would get an hour. But you know, this basketball and football overlap just about kills me. And I am uh, the 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 season starts Monday. I know it's a soft launch because it's on streaming and. They're coming off a losing season, and nobody seems to really be too enthused about it. Uh,
1: I was going to – I, I
4: still say, go. Like, I still go and cover it. So, yeah.
1: Dude, I was going to say I'll give your over-under of sleep tonight at 1.5 hours with no. back with no. back. I'm giving you 2.5 hours of the shut-eye tonight. I think you're going to no. get – I'm going to go over 2.5. 2.5. I think you're going to get probably 3 hours of sleep tonight if I had to guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see about Patrick. I don't know. Patrick might be under. I don't know. Is there any European soccer on tonight? See that? That'll he'll be up all he night. He was
4: watching his Man United this morning and they pulled out a, a dramatic 1 to nothing win with a uh uh uh, with a goal like in the last 20 minutes or something, I mean, just imagine sitting through that crap for you know 90 minutes. But
1: you can't expect every soccer team to score like the Columbus Crew, the highest scoring team in MLS this year, by the way. Yeah. Not every soccer team can score like the Columbus Crew. All right, Steve, great stuff. My All right, mate. Hey, bud. All right, Let's safe travels. Later. All mm-hmm. right, have fun tonight. My friends in New York City, you're like, New York City, it's Piscataway. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure they're going to go to New York City. They better. Now, when Steve and I went to Newark, New Jersey, that would have been back in 2011. Spring of 2011, Ohio State was in the Sweet 16 for basketball. Newark, not a good town. Sorry if you're from Newark, New Jersey. Not Nurk, Ohio. Not Nurk, Ohio. I'm talking about Newark, New Jersey. We went there. And they're playing Kentucky. Ohio State's the number one overall seed. Uh, Again, the 2010, 2011 Buckeyes. We got Aaron Kraft, freshman, Jared Sullinger, freshman, Diebler, senior, Leidy, senior. I mean, it was a great team. It was a great team. William Buford, Kentucky wasn't supposed to be that good. And we're like, all right, after they beat Kentucky, and then we're waiting, you know, we got a day in between before the Elite Eight game. We're going to go ahead on over to New York City and check it out. And then, of course, Kentucky won um at Brandon Knight last second shot kind of last second William Buford had the last second shot that missed but man that was that was a tough one Ohio State losing to Kentucky so yeah man if you're anywhere near if you're in Jersey the, the my my biggest question is always like how close are we to New York City so there you go um yeah man I feel bad for G Scott with that drop G Scott's having his his coming out party that great touchdown and for everybody that's being hard on Kyle McCord, I, I keep in mind how great he started this game out. That was an absolute dime to G. Scott Jr. It's almost like G, that was a good catch by G. But it was almost like he had no choice. I mean, you could not have just put that ball in his hand any better than Kyle did, you know. But Kyle's got to be better. You can't just say, well, because Julian Fleming had a drop that killed momentum, and then G had a drop that killed momentum. That uh, No, you got to be better. Still to win this game, though. Somehow they covered the spread. Any of you out there that bet on the Buckeyes today, you're sitting there thinking, crap. Unless it was the money line, right? Even the money line, maybe you were thinking for a minute. But if you bet on the spread, you're thinking, geez. Hopefully they just win because there's no way they're going to cover. And then they cover by a half a point. Buckeyes favored by 18 and a half. And they covered. Again, great to see Carnell Tate do what he did. We learned Josh Proctor's proving idiots wrong, you know. Anybody who might have not like talked up Josh Proctor coming into this year, you know, he's proven all those idiots wrong. Yeah, Julian Fleming's banged up. He's dropping too many passes. I just need to see Carnell Tate in there over Julian. And, I, you know, Julian has his role. He's a tough guy. He's athletic as heck. He's a great blocker. And that's, that's important in this offense to be a great blocker as a wide receiver. Jermaine Matthews getting the start. Love that. Love that out of that kid. I mean, that's just huge for his future. Jermaine Matthews getting a start. And this isn't like he's forced into action. This is, you know, maybe I know Denzel was out today, which is why. But like with Denzel, Igbenosen, and Hancock, I mean, that's a hell of a top three corner room. And, and Matthews is still getting his way in there. Again, I know Denzel was hurt today, and that's why, but still, even when Denzel's healthy, Matthews is at least getting some playing time, had a pick six earlier this year. Um, looks like they're playing it safe with Cade Stover, is my guess. I think that's what we learned with Cade Stover. I think he would have played if this was like the national championship game or the Michigan game. He was dressed. Um, If you can't beat Rutgers without him, then, you you know, you don't deserve to be number one or even close. They were able to do that. Um, And it gives him another week too. It wasn't just, you know, it gives Cade like a full like two weeks to rest. And maybe you don't play him next week because Michigan State actually – they are playing Nebraska today, so who knows? But I don't care how that turned out. Michigan State's terrible. They're terrible. So, I don't know. I mean, mixed emotions. I'm sure all of you guys have mixed emotions as well. But uh, bottom line, Buckeyes 9-0. and They're number one in the country. They're going to go 10-0 and next week, and then we're going to see what happens after that. They'll go 11-0 against Minnesota, and then they'll head to Ann Arbor 11-0. Minnesota's not terrible, though. But still, that game being in Columbus, Ohio State's going to win that game going to Ann Arbor three weeks from today. I can't wait. And I've been saying, whatever happens to Michigan, I do not want the game canceled this year. I don't want the game canceled. You can argue it should be. And I hear that. I, I, I get those are salient arguments. I do not want the game canceled. I want to go Ohio State to go up there and take care of business. And I think they will. All right. Appreciate you guys joining me. I'm going to shut down the show now. Thank you to all of my guests, Dan Rubin, Mark Neal, Patrick Murphy, Steve Hellwagon. Of course, thanks to all of you. Appreciate you guys so much. Hope everyone has a great day, a great evening, and a great rest of your weekend. (laughs)